0: Hey, listeners, before I get into this episode, I have a quick ask to make. I started this podcast as a research project on how to be a top individual contributor in the product design space. My goal for the show was to learn what it takes to be an individual contributor that's doing amazing, impactful work that they love doing day in and day out and getting paid top dollar while they do it. Becoming that type of individual contributor is the ultimate job security. With close to 100 hours of interview recordings, This has naturally led to the creation of the short-form video articles that synthesize my learnings into 10-minute listens of actionable content. You might recognize these as my morning walk episodes or the hashtag shorts episodes. To my surprise, those episodes have been very well received and listeners have enjoyed the synthesis of what I've learned. This has led to the next chapter of my research project, which is beginning to synthesize what I've learned into a new newsletter called Thinking Out Loud About Design, that you can subscribe to right now for free. Thinking Out Loud About Design is an email newsletter and podcast that basically contains all my synthesis from my long form interviews. It's pure, distilled learnings that you can apply to your career immediately. This content is for you if you are a couple years into your career and you're trying to make that move from mid level to senior designer and senior designer to staff designer. I mainly focus on becoming high performing individual contributors in the product design industry. A free subscription gives you full access to the newsletter, podcast episodes, and website. You will not have to worry about missing anything because every new edition of the newsletter goes directly into your inbox. So my ask is this, if you have gotten any value out of the way of product design or if it's helped you in any way or someone you know, please subscribe to Thinking Out Loud About Design and get the distilled learnings on being a staff level individual contributor. You can find a link to the newsletter in the show notes of every episode of this podcast and on my LinkedIn page. Just look up Caden Damiano. Thanks again for listening and supporting the way of product design. I wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't listening. Now, on to the show. Hey, I'm Cam Sackett, and I'm Caden Damiano. Welcome
1: to Pivot. A podcast to learn about how designers solve problems. You'll hear from industry leaders about their beginning stories, when and how they pivoted into design, and what we can do to be better human centered designers. Today we talked with Dylan Winspear, lead mobile designer at Domo. I do like music on the side, so I'm just, you, you always have to do. You know, yeah. do uh, you want to hear a funny story? My very first
2: podcast was with one of my older yeah. brothers, and uh, my son was having a fit outside of the room. He came <laughs> in like multiple times into the interview. I didn't have this, the tripods yet. I didn't have uh, the boom arms yet, so we had like a microphone in the middle of us. He was like tapping the entire podcast on the table and I'm talking with his hands, and you just hear bang, 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 bang on the <laughs> yeah. microphone the entire time. Exactly. Eventually, when I had my camera set up, on fell over in the middle of the podcast. Dude, it was such a hot mess. After the camera fell over, I set it back up, but I turned off the recording. And so I got to the very end. I was like, dude, we record half of that." <laughs>
1: I was so pissed. I was like, all
2: right, come back tomorrow, we'll do it again. That's how it goes, though. Yeah, that's true. Hey, we are officially ready to do this again now.
1: Okay.
2: Welcome to the Pivot Podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome welcome to Pivot Podcast. Thanks for having us, Dylan. Um, Yeah, so just tell us about your background and when you decided to pivot into design. Yeah, that's actually a
2: good question, because I did not come from a formal design uh, background. I was... uh, I was a marketing major, and even before getting too far into the degree, I always thought that like business entrepreneurship like that was my thing. I really enjoyed the marketing and the advertising. Um, and so that's why I went into marketing, and it was actually by circumstance that at a small startup, we needed some design help, and I just I always had an interest in design and started on it a little bit, and uh, slowly got my feet more and more wet in the design world. Yeah, so I got about three years into my marketing degree mm-hmm. uh, before I realized that I really have a, a passion for design. Um, by the time I was at that point, I also had gotten married. Uh, I had been working full-time at an internet marketing agency and started doing the design thing. So my senior year, I then switched my minor and I did a, a minor in web and graphic design. Uh, So kind of kickstarted that, did about a year focus of just the the art side of things, and then finished up the remainder of my business stuff. But uh, yeah, that's kind of where it all started as far as education Mm -hmm. goes and design. Everyone comes
1: from a different background. Like Mm -hmm. I come from architecture and linguistics, kids coming from... Where did you start again? So I'm kind of like pretty eclectic myself. It's like,
0: I just want to learn everything. Like I want to see how everything works. So I've learned like digital marketing, business, um originally like I, back in high school like i was just really big on video videography and stuff just because i thought like how you design the scene and how you cut cut the scenes and everything like that that would elicit a certain emotion i just i just fell in love with like media period how you could influence people for better or for worse just using like media and yeah. then um Then I just saw, like, Iron Man, like, the first Iron Man. And ever since then, I I was just like, I want to do a job where you can just make cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, back then, like, UX design wasn't, like, a clear career path. Totally. And uh, you had to be an engineer, and I wasn't, like, super amazing at math. So I just thought, well, I could control videos. But now it's pretty, like, uh, established that you could design those futuristic, like, the future of technology Without having to be like engineering or anything like that,
1: so that's just kind of mm-hmm. how I got here, the eclectic way. Did you Did you find that I I, I just find it interesting that every time we come from these backgrounds, but we all kind of have the same, or at least that, this is my perception that we all have the same thing that we want to solve problems. Or yeah. it Always kind of we we just couldn't find that yep. job that was that. Yep. Did you have that similar thing? Was that kind of your? Yeah,
2: driving. You person. know, and the thing that always scared me. In fact, I think in fact, talked to you about this. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing that always scared me is like I don't think design is my thing, because I'm not a good artist, and I can't <laughs> I can't be an artist in this world that I thought this world was, and so that's why I stuck to more of the business thing. Because mm-hmm. i was going, that's actually more my passion. I, I'm more I like the problem solving as it relates to business. But uh, you know, again, the further I got into it, the further I realized you didn't have to be an artist to be a, an experienced designer. Right.
0: Yeah, um, it's perpetual self-loathing when I actually get in the sketch. Like, I get through discovery <laughs> phase and everything, and then it's like, okay, time to actually, like, you know, hit the pavement, actually start making stuff from nothing. Yeah. yeah well, not technically nothing. Like, you have some insights, but you're like, how do I represent this visually? Sure, sure. And you just hate yourself the whole time.
1: This <laughs> just the worst because I'm not
0: very, like, artistic
1: either, like, sure. graphic design-wise. Do you, do you think – so uh, I, a debate that I find myself – um observing a lot in the industry is people saying you know what you know everyone's trying to still define product design well for ux design shifting more into product design but Mm -hmm. everyone's trying to throw this definition on it and some people emphasize more like the research part of it some people emphasize more the visual part of it i personally believe you need both Mm -hmm. Um, what's what's your opinion or what, what what have you seen in your um interacting with other industry leaders um as far as uh, and what people are focusing on, yeah,
2: you know, it, again, it's a big umbrella mm-hmm. as far as everything that it can cover. I like being well versed in in the areas, um, but as far as like specializing, uh, the user research piece isn't a specialty of mine by any stretch. A lot of the times, I've worked with uh, research specific teams. Cool. Um, and I enjoy that because you know there is a craft to that. There's a craft to interviewing. There's a craft to, uh, you know, not leading people into a direction that you're you're purposely trying to get them to go down. I mean, and that's a difficult thing. And I think most people, product managers, designers, I think people are aware that they don't want to do those things in interviews, but they still inadvertently do it, right? And so there is a, there is a craft that goes to user research that I'm aware of and I just go, that's not my specialty. Hmm. Um, and I think that's, sits well with me. It uh, doesn't bother me by any stretch so let people do what they do well. Yeah. And you can get into the other stuff about like, uh, you know, copy, for example, uh, that's part of the experience that I'm not the best copywriter. Uh, I can take a stab at it, but there's people that are better at than me and I'm okay with that too. Uh, so the thing that I enjoy most about the, the, uh, the work that I do is being able to see the bigger picture Uh, Being able to see how everything's going to interplay with each other, see the architecture of the whole thing, uh, and then really get into individual personas and problems, and uh, figure out the experience uh, based upon that.
1: Cool. Um, So, in your opinion, because I think some of like what some students and just talking with other people have struggled with is, you'll go to interview for uh, one job that's listed as a product designer or UX designer. And you go to another one and the expectations are, mm-hmm. are, are vastly different, mm-hmm. right? Whereas even ourselves, you know, I may specialize in certain areas and Caden's way better at certain areas than I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you, what, what do you think the future of formal yeah. education is? I, so
2: that was one of the questions that I was going, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that. Yeah, It's such, a, <laughs> such an early phase still. And I yeah. think part of the reason you get so many different job interview postings with different expectations It's because people don't really know what it is yet, Mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes, uh, I can't remember how many times I've had somebody say, you know, I went in for this uh, UX position and they wanted me to be prototyping, developing as well. And I'm going... Like getting in the code? Yeah. (laughs) And and then they get into it and they say, like, here's a UX position, but it was nothing more than graphic design. Right. You know? I think people catch this trendy term of UX and Mm -hmm. everyone's job postings just turned from graphic designer to UI designer to UX designer, but the expectations, requirements are all the same. It's such a new thing that everyone's still trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, it's almost kind of scary for like us because you spend a lot of time looking for jobs and like interviewing and stuff. Yeah. And some of them were just bum like duds where you yep. just get in the interview yeah. and you're just like, No. It's yeah. took an hour to drive up here. <laughs> or like yeah. I blocked out my calendar for this. And they're like um, do you do wireframes? Like they're just so like caught up on like the tactics, uh-huh. I guess. And then, and then when you get into the job, I bet they don't want you to take any time doing discovery, you know, they don't like value like the research. So they just want you coming up with solutions that are not informed at all. And so you, it might, it might be like, look like a real position where they have these requirements like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta do, prototypes and wireframes and do user research whatever that means to that company right and um yeah because like for example like i hear from some companies it's like move move fast and like make make stuff and then a family search where i work we take like a lot of time on like really fleshing out the problem before we send it to like development and we were it, they take a ton of time, like just in a meeting out what was in today. We thought we had a deadline and then the big PM over all the PMs, you know, PM Supreme I guess. But he he was just like, There's no deadline, like we haven't really thought through we haven't thought through this problem yet. And it takes I don't know, it just some kind of piece. It takes a while. I don't know. It, I guess it's you maybe you just have to be like open for
1: whatever happens. Well, I think we've talked about, like, you you have agency type work, which is more fast-paced because you're working with clients, and then you have more internal um, work where you're mm-hmm. working on the, the individual product of the company. I think that we've talked about how that but I think there's still, like, I mean, yeah, it's all still up in the air, but I just, yeah. I think, from coming off from our perspective, right, we're, we're finding these jobs where sometimes, and we don't say this in, like, an arrogant way, but, like, sometimes we'll be like, whoa, like, I, I have... I'm just as qualified as maybe this junior, senior designer, but because of my, their perspective on me of where I'm coming from, I can't get there. Or then you come in this thing we're like, Oh, well, I'm not even qualified for that because they're asking for something. That's not mm-hmm. even, so I think it's just, everyone's kind of struggling with, um, at least for entry level people. It's like, well, how do we set ourselves apart? If there's not, if you don't have something defined,
2: right right how do you you know and i think you know i think just as much as you guys are trying to figure it out i think companies are still trying to figure it out you mm-hmm. talked about an agency but you know if you look at a startup to an enterprise they're still trying to figure it out and the design process is different depending on those two mm-hmm. situations it'll also be different if your executives come from a design background or a business background or an old school traditional background right. like all these different things will, will play into mm-hmm. how these companies see the design process and I've yet to go into any company and see that they have this ideal design process that you know we we teach in school or you read on blogs. Like I've never yet seen any one company do it the exact same way. Right. And I think everyone's still trying to figure out how to fit it to what it is that they do. There's a lot of people at play. There's politics at play. There's so many different yeah. variables at it that uh, each company needs to figure out what it means to them. And I think. As somebody new to a company or new to a job or new to an internship, they not mm. they need to not necessarily hold on to what it was they learned in school, mm. but learn to how to adapt those things that mm-hmm. they learned in school to what it now is at this company. Right. And when you leave that company and you go to the next, the same thing. Now learn to adapt what you learned in school to how it's gonna play out at this company. I think that's probably because I see so many guys getting so like spun out of shape going. Well, I'm so angry that we don't do this, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, we don't do it like that. But if you'd like to get it done, something along those lines, we can try it. There's nobody stopping you from doing it. It's Just traditionally hasn't been done because traditionally nobody knows how to do it yet. It's so <laughs> new. Yeah, um, it's it's I was reading this like old like '80s book, the like, like, yeah, like yeah, like human
0: Science system design is like the classic Don Norman, like really old book. Maybe when you're still like at Apple. And, it, like, in the preface of the book, it's just a collection of essays, and they're like, we're just borrowing heavily from architecture because this hasn't been done before. And they have, like, pretty much, like, all the UX principles, like, they still talk about is, like, the hot new stuff right today, they talked about back in the 80s. Yeah. Like,
1: these
0: these are, like, just true principles, like, what makes a computer system usable. Um, and I wonder if that, the reason we can't define what proc design is is because it's still kind of an art. Like, we're an we're engineering-centric organization, like, tech companies, and we're trying to quantify everything. Like, everything has to fit in a KPI or an analytic, but there's just this nebulous, um, you know, conceptual stuff that really can't be measured, and it also can't be, like, f- fit into a Gantt chart either. <laughs> like, it, you can't, you can't, you can't, like, call creativity on demand, even if people say they can and so maybe, like you said, just being what be a product designer is, is someone that has a core skill set, but essentially you're a professional critical thinker, and yeah. then you have these tools that you can use, but yeah. there's no like set way to do it. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, okay, well, I really want to like validate. It's kind of like what, what scientists do in the real world. They design experiments to validate something, and they don't always like, do the same thing. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no way to like experiment everything. They have to make, we get creative and make up stuff to experiment things.
1: Yeah. I wonder though, um, like in, if you've experienced when you're, when you're hiring people or interviewing, uh, candidates, how people are branding themselves. And if that, if that matters, I know it matters, but if it matters to the specific company, cause you know, like someone, one designer might say, well, oh, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. And mm-hmm. uh, one of my I'm, I do visuals that help people, blah blah blah, or whatever. Yeah. So, for like domo, for example, um, what are, what are the type of um, designers that you would look for in your uh, case?
2: Yeah, I don't know if, uh, as it relates to domo, if it's something necessarily that uh, domo is looking for, but more of what I look for, I mm-hmm. think is the opportunity that they provided me is that they you know they leave it up to me to figure it out. So I've got a couple of things that I look for. Um, yeah, what are like one, one, two or three things that
1: you look for in a in a designer? Uh, we talked about
2: practice that one time. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about specifically like what I want to see in a portfolio, or what I want to see? Yeah, in a so person? like it,
1: it's been interesting like talking with um, other people and other industry leaders that we've been uh, interviewing, and we we have been asking this similar question. And it, it'll be interesting, I think, after we've gathered a few to see if what everyone—if there's a common train right? or there's no overlap or, or there's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's
2: yeah. probably more accurate. Yeah. It's because yeah. a lot of this stuff we get almost overcomplicate, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, we're just trying to solve problems for people. Mm-hmm. And like, if you dumb it down to the the most foundational piece, that's it. So. In the process of solving problems for people, what is it that I'm gonna look for in somebody that I enjoy working with? Mm-hmm. It's such a personal thing, and so I think it could be different from person to person, unless, unless maybe there is a trend which I too would be interested in.
1: Well, do you what do you think? That's an interesting question though, because I mean there is culture fit, mm-hmm. and obviously, the people you work with is really important. You, you so you have productive teams, right? Yeah. But like. Do you feel like there needs to be some form of standardization where there is this mark? Because you, you know what I mean. I
0: don't
1: know. Like, uh, or, or does that doesn't matter? Does that matter? Well, it, like if I say I'm a problem solver, how do you quantify who's a good problem solver? See that kind of stuff. I crack, I was just reading <laughs> yesterday
2: that was just saying like drop your tagline on your website. This yeah. You're a problem solver. Or you're a I love human-centered
0: design principles. Or I don't know. I like the human-centered <laughs>
1: like
2: one. Yeah,
0: the, the Squarespace <laughs> stock things. Yeah. You know,
2: it, yeah, I get it. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to try and brand yourself and to try and, mm-hmm. and get your personality across, and I'm all for that. I love I love to see individuality. Mm-hmm. I love to see personality. Uh, the gimmicky stuff that, you know, I'm, I'm a critical thinker, I'm a problem solver, or, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, like it's just fluff and I'm going to scroll right past it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but really the thing that i look for i think that you're hitting on this like what is it that i look for in an intern or i look for in a hire actually has very little to do with hard skills and it comes back to like the soft skills mm. uh, hard skills of like he knows how to work in sketch or he knows envision studio or he knows framer or figma or yeah like yeah hardware's going to change he's got one way of doing wireframing he's got a different way like all that hard skill stuff it's still uh, there's not one way of doing it right so I'm not interested in that as much as okay I, I can see by your portfolio you know how to go through the process great that's checked out the list but when I was inter or interviewing you know thirty some candidates for a job position at at domo hmm. twenty five of them checked that box so Now, what do I look at? (laughs) And it was interesting because after getting everyone's resumes, getting everyone's portfolios, on paper, everyone almost looks identical. They've Mm -hmm. got a handful of projects that they've done at school. They may have done a freelance project here or there, uh, and that's about it. And now they're trying to get their first internship. Their work that they put in their portfolio almost looks identical, right? It almost looks like anything else you'll see on Dribbble. (laughs) <laughs> and your wireframes look like the next person's wireframes. So like, the, all I get from that is, you know what the process is. Great. And so I look for the, the intangible pieces, the, the soft skills. And the ones that really actually stick out to me are an individual's ability to uh, be teachable, hmm. um, to understand their opinion, to be able to back that opinion, articulate that opinion, but then be able to take others' opinions and reformulate their own opinion, Hmm. you know? Because at the end of the day, it's not the designer's opinion of what's right or wrong. Uh, You're kind of at the the crossroads or the intersection of uh, all different forms of input. And so can you take all that input and can you turn that into something? Uh, Your ability to be wrong, you know, or your your willingness to admit that here was my hypothesis and I was dead wrong and now I'm going in this... that actually means more to me uh, than anything else. Um, so showing in, in our in our case studies, showing where you failed. I actually I saw one portfolio, maybe two, that in that process that showed like here's what we set out to do, and here's the problems that we thought we were addressing this, this, and this, and we were wrong. And we then did this, this, and this. That's awesome. And we were still wrong, and we did like <laughs> that is what actually I go. I am so much more happy that you recognize you were wrong three different times than saying that I heard heard this problem, we did this, and they liked it. Yeah. That's not how it always goes.
0: And uh, just because the stakeholder likes it doesn't
2: mean it's the right solution. There's hundreds of right answers, right? (laughs) Yeah. And And so the, the ability for one to say like... We're wrong here, and we're switching, and it's not a reflection on you as a designer or you as a person or anything like that. It's just part of the process. Uh, That stuff, like, stands out to me more than anything. Uh, There's other personality things. I'll share another quick story. I was interviewing uh, two design candidates who were friends uh, at the same time. and Like in the same, like... Like what It was doing at right GOMO, oh. it was at a lunch thing. Okay. And they were both interested in the internship. and so They were asking questions. They were kind of... They're, it was my first opportunity to meet them, hear about them. and mm. It wasn't a real interview interview, but, you know, it was... You're vetting yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the... At the end of our little discussion, they both sent me emails. They both sent me their portfolios. Uh, one of them said, you know, I really appreciate the things that you, you said. I really think I could fulfill that job position. I'm really eager and hungry to do it. Uh, the other one said, I appreciate your time that you've taken. Uh, you've got a hard decision to make. If you pick the other guy, you've made a great decision. He's a great guy. I've worked with him in the past. Uh, he'd be more than capable. I'm not saying I wouldn't like this position. I would, but uh, in either position, you've got a great option. That stood out to me so much more than, than anything else. It's like, the humility in that. Yeah. And that's what I look for in somebody that I want to collaborate with is somebody who's going to be humble and teachable and uh, not so stuck in their ways or, you know, put their stakes in the ground so soon. Like, those types of things are the soft skills that really mean so much more to me than the hard skills. Yeah, strong opinions loosely held. Yeah. I like think it's the... Uh
0: now like yeah. i'm just I, i'm really thinking that like ux design is like coming back to like an art form because people have been trying to like standardize it and like make yeah. like these kind of concrete like this is what you do as ux designer and based off just my experience it is you're essentially just wrong all the time <laughs> and even if you have research. Yeah, yeah even if you've done research because you could be wrong yeah, it's even harder when you're doing, like, international users, mm-hmm. and you don't even know how they think. You don't know their culture. You don't know... Yeah, model. it's
2: completely different.
0: Yeah, like, I've been doing crash course on, like, Chinese culture for mm-hmm. last summer. Like, because mm-hmm. I'm working on, like, Chinese stuff. I can't even, like, read Chinese. And, like, I still can't comprehend, even if, like, I get, like, in words, like, okay, well, they think this way because this. and And I just... It emotionally doesn't like resonate with me. So it's like the only thing you can do is just test stuff out at that mm-hmm. point. Um, I think it's just, there's no like heroes and, and UX design. It's just people
1: that are just gritty enough to just keep like making solutions. Well, I think that's, I think that's <laughs> a good thing though. Yeah. Like, it, good design means that you, you, you're not being like, it didn't show like you, mm-hmm. you were then pitted, it's, right? it's not deliverables
0: mm-hmm. game then. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a results game. Like, you don't stop until
1: either the company runs out of money or the user's happy. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So we kind of talked about going on this. Like, we don't know, right? We don't know everything, but the importance is to get to the root of the problem, live mm-hmm. within the problem, and figure it out. And you're never really done, right? Um, and you mentioned talk, the thing that kind of stands out in portfolios or people you talk to is when they're, the humility or, mm-hmm. um, when they admit their mistakes and they try again, you know? Mm-hmm. So do you have an example of yourself where you failed in something and then and you bounced back or you were doing a design and it, it didn't quite work out? Every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean... At you know, some point, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you have a, yeah. like uh, maybe a specific
2: example you uh, uh, could share. Yeah, there's a handful of them, but um, you know, let me just speak to one real quick that I think a lot of mm. uh, n- new designers uh, may struggle with, or at least I've picked up on seen people struggle with, um, and I myself struggled with it. Uh, and I recognized this as I came to Dome when I started working. I mean, Domo's product team is 200-some people. It's the largest product team I've ever worked with. Uh, you've got a lot of directors, a lot of really smart people, um, a lot of really great designers. Um, and trying to find my place in that it was new to me. Uh, I had jumped from a lot of different startups where everything was much smaller, um, where we could pivot A lot easier. Nice. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Plug. Um, (laughs) And one of the things I was very self-conscious of was, is my ability to uh, output right answers going to be how they're valuing what I'm doing for the company? And, you know, I I found that uh, through the course of those first couple months that we would find ourselves in so many scenarios where we're wrong here we're wrong here we, we're wrong here and we just keep pumping out these answers we keep t- trying and testing and iterating uh and it's some things got right here but then this was wrong and you know we kept going through that process and I'm going like man my my personal win loss record is pitiful and i'm <laughs> concerned that they're going to see my win loss record and be like pitiful win loss record he's a poor player hmm. and what i learned was actually the opposite and i'm not saying that arrogantly but i'm saying from the directors who I report to and work with, uh, their perception was: is he's learning at every uh, opportunity, and he's not stopping, and he's working with people well. He's collaborating well. Uh, he's understanding the problem. He's empathizing mm-hmm. with the executives. Like mm-hmm. all these things, there is what they're looking at. So the output of the wrong answer at the end of the day wasn't necessarily what the, you know, uh, what the grading factor was. But my ability just to keep going and keep going mm-hmm. and i think a lot of new designers get caught up in like this uh, uh developers got a question and they come over and they ask me and i better rattle off a good answer right now and they shoot something off but who's to say that was the right answer and a lot of times you go the, the developer's opinion would have been just as valuable as your opinion neither of you have gone out and done any research so at this point in time your opinion mm-hmm. their opinion what's the difference right yeah and so i don't think it's as much as a, of a uh do you have an answer on hand? Uh, I like to see the guy who goes like, I appreciate the question. Give me some time. I'll dig into it and I'll come back to you with an answer. Totally. Mm-hmm. That is so much more mature in mm-hmm. design thinking than, hey, I've got a question for you. Well, here's the answer. Like we don't have to be the gurus of every answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We
1: don't know everything.
0: <laughs> well, like some of the most experienced designers I've met, like in just during like my internship, the mm-hmm. like the most like sage guys everyone goes to. Um, they're usually like, their answer is like, is this the right solution? I don't know. Like they just say, I don't know a lot yep. j- j- just because they're like, they don't, will they don't
1: know where you just like stand yeah. by the window and be like, uh-huh. yeah, they like <laughs> That's white. It's like your, yeah. Like, they,
0: well, no, they, this one time this, this straight up like whiteboarded and this hot diagram, like pretty much fleshing out the entire problem, every like variable. And at the end of it, he's like, so we can either do it this way or that way. Which one's the right one? I don't know. <laughs> so that was that's 30 awesome. minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that is such a mature thought process yeah, because, yeah. I mean, the opportunity to say, like, I mean, I, I like it you said, I don't know, because I've said that so many times. And I know that some of the interns would, would look at me and be like, dude, you don't know the answer to a lot of these questions. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need to know the answer to a lot of these questions. I'll find, uh, we'll figure them out. We're mm-hmm. problem solvers. Right. So let's solve the problem. But off the cuffs. You know just as well as I know, and neither of us know, so... Totally. Let's just keep working on it. Awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah I like that. Um,
2: yeah. Well, <laughs> I,
0: I just really like that, and then, because I think we kind of grow up in a culture, and especially, like, a lot of newbies are coming out of, like, a traditional education, or, like, they're, they, like, if you don't do something right, like, you fail. Yeah. If you col- If you collaborate, you're cheating. Like... <laughs> So so like you you've always been told like you're always like aiming for coming up with the right answer, or you don't get that validation, and so it's almost rewiring. It's not it's not about winning or losing or who's right or anything like that. It's it's an infinite game, like just people getting frustrated that their solution isn't being picked, and they're like, okay, fine. Well, maybe he wins. And I'm like, it's not about winning or losing. It's
1: yeah, that's super interesting. It's like. Yeah. Cause I started on architecture and I learned in that, in the program, you learn really fast to like get over yourself yeah. and like, it's not about you. It's about the product or the solution or whatever. But I find that like that, that, that comedy really interesting where I think you would you say that's a key is once people discover like to get over, it's not my art project. It's not my my deliverable it's not my solution it's
2: and it's not a reflection on you either. yeah right like, your yeah, work doesn't define you like
1: yeah. be comfortable with failing be comfortable with the feedback
2: yeah. yeah i mean you're still a person still prone to make mistakes like anybody else totally. who you're working with and so all that is going to matter at the end of the day is can you work through it mm-hmm. and uh yeah i totally agree with that
0: I, man this is actually really insightful this is what a product designer is I'm just going to just stake the claim like you're just a professional problem solver. There's some tools you could use, but mostly it's just perpetually not knowing enough and like thinking you have a solution. Then you pull a thread and then it like unravels everything and you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't consider this. And then you you show it to someone else for feedback and they're like, have you considered this? No, obviously not. Like.
2: The only thing that I'm going to push on though is I yeah. think it may make that a little bit too loose is yeah. to that point, yeah. Yeah, that's everyone be. in product should then do that. Yeah, Everyone in product, just because you have a UX design title, yeah. product manager should be a professional problem solver. Yeah, If you could get developers to be professional problem solvers, I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. So I don't think UX has got the, 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 like monopoly. Football, the monopoly on like, yeah. I am the problem solver, this is my yeah. process. Now everyone can do that. Okay. I think we've got the unique opportunity as designers uh, to recognize the design process, teach that design process to allow everyone to be a part of that process. Mm. I totally agree I, with that. I mean, you look at like what Airbnb has done, and their executive comes from this design background, right? And now they've just in they have ingrained that design process throughout their entire company, so everyone's a critical thinker. And so you look at that company and then look at those UX designers and go, okay, now what are those guys? Mm -hmm. Now you get more into like, okay, so there is a visual aspect to it. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a developer, you've got a development aspect to what you do. And if you're a product manager, you've got more of a management aspect to this critical thinking. And it's not a product manager, to designer, to developer. There's such interplay between all of them. And I think everyone can be creative thinkers. I think everyone can be problem solvers. So, I guess that kind of goes back and begs the
1: question, though. So, when, you know, if I'm an anthropologist and I say, well, I'm I'm now an anthropologist, designer, I'm, I'm an architect, and a designer, I'm a linguist, and a designer, I'm a business guy. I have a marketing <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. so this, you, like So, the is you it- like, the designer, like, titles don't matter, I get that. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah I, get- I, understand, I understand that, but in the process of applying to jobs, there is this traditional track that you have to go sure. through and people are looking yeah. for these certain things. So I think so let me just say this yeah. then. give yourself whatever title gets
2: you the job. And then just go it's up to some the problems. Because <laughs> the the truth that matters is like like I said, I said mm-hmm. what we're doing today in the UX industry is not different than what they were doing 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They just called it something different. Right. You know, at that point in time, it was like graphic designers weren't just doing the graphic design. They were still problem solving. they were still critical thinking. Like the whole idea of user experience design didn't stem out of 2016. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, you look at companies that have been doing it for forever. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so yeah, titles, man, just here's something interesting. At the yeah. startups that I was at, uh, I always had the title of creative director. Okay, well, when you're the creative director of, at a company of eight, it means absolutely jackrap. Yeah, what does that mean? And I am <laughs> so aware of it. I did not hold that title. But if I no. keep creative director on my resume, then I'm going to get passed right over because they're not looking for a creative director at Domo. They're not looking for a creative director at Ancestry or any other larger company, right? Uh, so what's going to get me a job? I switched all my titles to uh, lead design or something like that, like that. And so many more profile views. And so many more uh, opportunities to engage with new companies. Just because I changed the title. Guess what? I didn't do anything different. Right. It was just a title change.
0: Like you were doing the same activities. Exactly. Like, yeah.
2: Uh,
0: and you were in so the same problem.
2: Product designer, yeah. UX designer. Like, I don't give a crap.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I don't think it's important. The title is meaningless. It's what you do. But... Okay. I guess I'm just trying to get to, a, like, a categorization because you are interacting with people who don't think that way, right? Mm-hmm. They they look at your, your, yeah, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah,
2: so then I said, I think it comes back to those interviews, and you've got to figure out just as much as they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them. Yeah. And what does this design process look like to you? What does it look like at your company? And what are you expecting me to do? And that's going to help you feel it out a lot more than, a, well, they actually come in here for a UX position, but apparently they don't know what a UX position is. I mean, so many UI designer positions from three years ago were UX positions. Yeah. And so going into those interviews to feel it out and figure out what it really is that they're looking for, you might drive an hour and realize that's not what I actually want. Yeah. At least you learned. Yeah. Yeah. That's true.
0: And, um, It also I've realized that a lot of like the jobs I've started out with, like if you build relationships with the stakeholders, your job can evolve as you're in the company because they'll they'll see like your strengths and stuff. One hundred percent. So you could just tailor your job to like what you want to do, and if you're providing value, like it kind of could go the way you want it to, even if it like wasn't like like written that way in the job
1: description. Totally yeah i think yeah like i've experienced that working at i started a development company and they had no design whatsoever and i kind of thought you know well let's push user focus like let's do focusing on design, let's be a design led and kind of push that and it's taken a long time to get there but like it, it's been interesting that i've kind of crafted my own little position so, <laughs> so you made you made your job Huh?
2: You made your job. pretty
1: Yeah. Hard. And so do you, I wonder if that's just kind of,
2: that's it. <laughs> I mean, you know, and maybe I'm oversimplifying it like this, but as somebody who's interviewed and somebody who interviews candidates, you know, a lot of the times when you step into the room and begin the interview, I don't remember what the title was. I don't remember what you're here for. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm interviewing yeah. you as a person. Yeah. And I'm trying to get to know you as a person and your philosophy and your strategy and your thought you know and your critical thinking ability like what's the title that we're gonna give this oh i don't know but i'm really in love with what you're doing and what you're saying and if what you're doing and saying matches uh, with what we're looking for we've got a fit
0: okay Mm -hmm. so like what you're saying is that all the formalities are gone once you go like you're in the room together it's more about like okay, it because you want you're hiring them for like to help with a specific task like the like the mobile team that's mm-hmm. what you you mm-hmm. run right so it's like the mo we have this one feature that we're working on and we have the budget to hire another designer and I know I understand the problem now I just want to know if I want to I like the person I'm working on it with and so like when they come in the room you're just trying to see if like. Their thinking how they think and stuff would fit with the problem you're going to solve.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, and maybe I'm oversimplifying it just because of, uh, my career path. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, you know, Kate, what's the difference between you and I as UX designers, probably not a whole lot. I have just been doing it for a few years longer. You're just there first. That's the, that's it. So yeah. what I should be rewarded. Cause I was born first. Cause <laughs> my parents decided to have kids before your parents. Like, yeah, I was there's about no that reward to that. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, I was, I like, when when you start having an opinion, there's definitely going to be, like, pushback. I, I was, like, debating one of our professors <laughs> about, like, wait, why are we doing this class? Not because, like, I, I, well, like, I really respect her. But mm-hmm. she's just like, how long you been in the industry? And I'm like, well, like, how about we talk about, like, relative success? Like, if we were both 23, like, where were you when you were 23 like me? Like, what were you doing at 23?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I might say, like, I might be, like, just as good as you were when you're 23. So like, just because you are born first doesn't mean you could just walk all over me and just call the age card. and. Sure. I
1: don't know. Yeah. yeah but I think there is something to, not age necessarily, but experience, like, was it life ex- experience ex- life or experience? <laughs> I want to say life experience. Cause that can be pretty relative and it's subjective, subjective. Uh-huh. but yeah. I would say business experience. Like if, if a, like, he, say he works in, in the company for five years like obviously hmm. and, and maybe I've only worked in a com- like in the industry for like two years I don't know maybe I don't know maybe the person with the this two this is years. a deep
2: philosophical yeah. <laughs> debate at this it, point and then, but it's funny mm. because like somebody who's worked in the industry for 30 years versus somebody who's worked in the industry for 25 years yeah. I'm going to say at that point in time there's not going to be a ton of difference right. yeah. somebody who's worked in the industry for five years and somebody who's worked in the industry for one month mm-hmm. I'm going to say there is a difference yeah. okay Um, and yeah, there's, there's things you're (laughs) going to learn. There's things you're going to pick up. Um, but as somebody who's, you know, hired those interns with zero professional experience, I don't expect you to know these things. Yeah. And with the interns that that we did end up hiring at Domo, I hired them because I saw potential and I'm going to push them to learn a few things rather quickly Mm -hmm. so that when their internship expires, whether they stay at Domo or they move on to somewhere else, uh, they've got a, you know, I guess a, a sprint ahead Of their peers who they graduated Dev Mountain with or, uh, you know, are still sitting on LinkedIn trying to find their first uh, internship or whatever it is.
0: So maybe the difference between me and you is that we might have like the same skill set and we might be just as good at it. But what makes you more valuable is you've been solving, you've been chewing on the problem longer. And so you have a more intricate understanding of, like, the business's problem. Or maybe it's
2: just, we talk about practice. Yeah. Maybe it's
0: just practice.
2: Maybe I've failed more than you. Yeah, okay. You know, I mean, it's, there's a hundred ways that we could look at this. Yeah. Um, it, You know, maybe I've just sat in a, a room with the CEOs more often than you have. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the things that I learned in that process... I could share with you, and mm-hmm. if I could articulate it well enough, yeah. you could pick it up and you could learn it like that without having to go through the experience. Yeah. And that's, as somebody, is, as a mentor who's hiring these interns, I hope to be able to deliver. Because if I've got, you know, I haven't been doing this for very long. This is such a new thing, right? Uh, but if I've got a handful of years of experience and I could figure out how to articulate it and teach it to a couple interns, mm-hmm. then sure, on paper, you've got three months of experience. But... Mature, you know, as far as like maturity goes, or ability to uh, see the bigger picture, you're now ahead of the game because you've picked up on these concepts, you've learned these concepts, and now you're going to keep paying attention to it as you start to practice these concepts. So, is that, so
1: kind of going back to the portfolio, what you're looking for in in people's portfolios that that humility piece that they they're teachable, moldable, um, but then um, also going. I just lost my train
2: of thought <laughs> um well and, and if I can interrupt like yeah. the, the teachable piece yeah. I think couldn't come off like I want to hire someone who's teachable because I'm gonna make you my mini me mm. like that's not it at all. It's teachable so that you've got your eyes open to learn these concepts without having to make the same mistakes that I've made mm-hmm. because if you do that, you'll be better than me in a in a faster amount of time, and i ultimately I think anyone would want that right yeah and so i think that's i, I beneficial.
1: think i think that's a really on your part i think that's a really valuable uh leadership trait i think good leaders um aren't afraid they want to pass on the skills that they have in their knowledge but they're not afraid of being i guess like supplanted or something and when you pass that that knowledge on it's not a I don't know. Like I said, there's some people that might fear that. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's not a good leadership quality. Well, I can think it's really scary to be like, what if I hire this
0: guy? And like, whenever I give him criticism, it's like the worst experience. Like he'll like get defensive and stuff. And then we don't get anything done because he's defending his solution.
2: That is, that is like one of my biggest fears of somebody who hires someone is going like, I'm hiring you to collaborate you, not to be above you. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to collaborate with you, and I, if yeah. I don't feel in an interview that you and I are going to collaborate well, that's it. You know, like yeah, that's a huge grading criteria. So it's got nothing to do with experience or resumes or titles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, teachability man.
1: and. Something super interesting, like yeah, just the the the, I don't want to say culture fit. Can't get away from the <laughs> word culture, but but yeah, just that I guess relationship or personality fit. Is like a really big factor. I I can see some students um, or junior designers finding that finding that discouraging um, because you know I, I can see the argument of like well I I have the skills I have the ability to get the work done and all this stuff but I, maybe I maybe the person's introverted or
2: or doesn't have mm-hmm.
1: and I can see that being really
2: discouraging. Absolutely. So how would you yeah how do you address that? I I would say that that person wouldn't be happy getting hired into a situation that they're not comfortable in, mm. regardless if they have the skill set, you still have to find the right fit for you. Mm. And I think, I mean, I was just looking at someone's infographic that they posted that they interviewed at like 70 some places before they got their job. I think I read that same one. That's <laughs> seven, a, yeah. Wow. I can't remember who it was, but that's 70 some places where you didn't fail, mm. you just didn't find the right fit. Yeah. And finding the fit because, man, you can get me going on this uh, <laughs> this soapbox for a while. At the end of the day work is work and there's so much more important things in life than what we do from nine to five and so it's not worth and I know this is, gets tough because sometimes there's bills to pay and there's pressure and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day you got to find something that you're gonna be happy with so that's why I say it's just as important to interview where you're going as it is that they're interviewing you you've got to be happy nine to five and if you're not then it's not worth it totally. and if you're an introvert and yes, you had the skill set for a position, but they were looking for an extrovert. You wouldn't have been happy there, totally, yeah. Because they would have held you to this expectation, and that's not coming to you naturally. So find the next place.
0: Actually, like I, I was just talking with a buddy, and he, because he just got out of an internship, and he had two other interns in his cohort, and one was like, um like he. Uh, human inter- computer human computer interaction from like San Diego state or something like that like University of San Diego UC mm-hmm. San Diego which is a pretty like prestigious program and then there's this other guy who's like an architect yeah and uh the architect got hired and he said that they didn't hire the the hum- the HCI um intern because she like kept to herself and she didn't speak up in meetings and stuff and like on paper she's more qualified <laughs> To, like, work at that company. But the other guy, he was actually collaborating and working and stuff. And, like, just to your point, like, that's kind of the X factor. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, 25 of those applicants out of the 30 knew what they were doing Mm skill-wise. But what really, like, it's like in the Olympics, like, the only difference between you and the next guy is, like, like, milliseconds.
1: You know? So... Yeah, I think, I mean, that kind of, we we could say, we go back to what's the future of formal education, it, at least in the, in the design field would be, um, collaborating more, um, in, in, in class projects maybe. And,
2: um, it's almost like there's character development Yeah, in it, right. Yeah. Social development in this whole process. Yeah. I don't think you can learn enough about empathy. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. we spend so much time learning about how to prototype and how to do all this, but, If you can't, you know, I always say deploy empathy, then you're as good as dead, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be a great designer if you just keep going into it thinking you've got the answer already. Right. Yeah,
0: that makes me think, like, if you make a formal, because you talked about in your video, like, more universities are going to catch up and start, Mm -hmm. like, making their own formal, like, UX programs. So it's going to get more competitive. So when designing the curriculum... It might be like, in, the curriculum encourages collaboration, kind of almost forces it.
1: More, yeah. I mean, and I, wonder, but, but like, I mean, our program, we we do a lot of collaboration. Yeah, we do. I wonder though. I don't know. I, I don't want to get like super deep here. We just keep on kind of good. They, but like, maybe they should pay us so there's incentive to collaborate. <laughs> I, <mean, but, laughs> I just I wonder that you because we do collaboration. <laughs> we're. I would argue that we're if, depending how on a student approaches a project. You could turn that into a real, like I think you and I would do that. Like if we get a project, we're like we're not just gonna do it just to get the grade. Like we want to turn it into something we're actually solving. Our problems, usually find right? like a real client or something. Yeah. So yeah. like, I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if a lot of my problem with I've I've gone through schooling for a long time, I, but like my problem is the that the structure sometimes is where you lose that collaboration, you lose that innovation part, and you kind of miss the point of the whole class and you're mm-hmm. just doing where it's structured where you just have to get the grade or get it done. It's just a vanilla project. Where, yeah, it's, a, it's like I'm a waste of my time and my money and also a waste of developing a, a better
2: person, right, or in the field. Well, and so- and that's the issue with like collaboration in class is that if you get mm-hmm. stuck in a group where you are also not collaborating – then what you can do is you can pull out your phone, you can let other people take the wheel, and you can sit back and play a passive role. But that doesn't work in the real world, right? No. And so you need to figure out these social skills to help you fix poor collaboration. You know, I I go back to one of my biggest growing experiences in school was getting stuck in this uh, this large group. It was a business startup class that we were doing, and dude, there was this girl in this class who. I could not stand. She just belittled everyone, and she was just so condescending, and she just uh, put herself above everyone. And it wasn't in my nature to just be passive and take a back seat, but I did just because it was so much easier than fighting with her every day. Um, But then we did, like, this overnight outing, where you, you go up into the mountains, you do like this, you sleep in a yurt, and you do like all this stuff, and you, we were actually, it was in the middle of winter, so it was like negative five degrees, we were trekking through the snow, this was up in Idaho. Yeah, Rexburg. And uh, you had to be oh, pulling yeah. a sled, you had all of your gear that you had to pull, and we got into this situation, and she struggled. Hmm. And as much as I, I knew going into this that I, I even told my wife prior to this, I was like, you know, that's, this ain't got to kill him with kindness, right? I said, if I'm just going to try to go over the top uh, helping her in whatever aspect I could. And I learned from that experience more than anything else I've ever learned in a collaboration setting. Because when she started to struggle, I grabbed her pack. And when she couldn't carry any of her stuff, we threw it on the sled and I pushed the sled. And when she couldn't push the sled, I pushed for her. You know, you get into these situations where all of a sudden you learn to care about somebody. Now you've created a more conducive working experience. And now all of a sudden you can now collaborate better. And those are the skills that if you don't try to fix that in a collaboration setting, you won't fix it. Uh, but that's not the real world. Yeah. You could be working with a PM who you don't see eye to eye with. You could be working with del- uh, developers who are so cut and dry that, you know, <laughs> they're just a blunt axe every time they say a word, right? You've got to figure out how to work through that. And those mm-hmm. are social skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, maybe um, it's not our job to save education. <laughs> Let's just graduate. It's not our problem anymore. Because oh that's pretty... T- how, I mean, like, how do you teach soft skills in a traditional environment where, like, the like, the curriculum's heavily, like, designed by committee
1: and... Uh, I've, I've yeah. thought about this, though, a lot. Yeah. Like, I, just through my life, not just with the program, but just, like, working with people... I think it's tough, especially when you have maybe a member in the group who's not fully engaged, or they think that they could just get the piece of paper and be fine. Yeah, and I think that's hard because there's this part of me that has this like, I want to help you, but then, I've I've had to learn to kind of balance my empathy, I guess, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of be too empathetic. Yeah, like I I I've, sometimes I can be where I'm worrying about someone else's. Like, yeah. I wanted
0: want to pass this
1: class so bad that you forget. That I forget about, like, myself. I don't know. Is that weird? Or not? No, I don't <laughs> think it's weird. You're, you're, you're such a
2: great guy. No, I, think I think it's amazing exactly. trait for a yeah. UX designer. I don't think you can yeah. be too empathetic. Yeah? Yeah, what, sometimes what, what do you sucks. do? But what do you sometimes do in this case, suck. though? Yeah. What, if, what
1: if you do... I think this is going to real work, right? What if you do have a particular team member who is the bottleneck? Mm-hmm. Like... Hmm. Would you? I I would argue that empathy can only go so far until you do have to make some kind of decision, right? Like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, who's the, I mean, who give me is this bottleneck let's, a PM? Is this bottleneck let's a developer? Say that, let's a say designer? a designer. Let's say you have a bottleneck PM uh, who's just like, we need to build this. I don't, I don't care what the research
2: says. We need to build something by this date. Like, dude, this is going to come off so hokey, but it's a sit down and it's a conversation going. What's going on? Like, yeah. Where are your pressures coming from? Where is your stress coming from? Yeah. Why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? And let me understand it. Perfect. Yeah. And soft skills. I, I mean, <laughs> well, this is we're this just this getting back to the human e- element.
1: Dude, of this why is why this is we're designing yeah. such a hokey podcast? <laughs> yeah, <Okay>, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Feel good. Like, like... <laughs>
2: talk about design. They just talk about being nice to people. <laughs> yeah. but it's huge. It is the most important thing. You yeah. I mean? yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a people industry that we're in. We're designing experiences for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can get so caught in the weeds of like titles or process or hard skills that we lose the the concept of UX design has been going on for years. In fact, I would even argue UX design has been going on since the dawn of man. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So it's soft skills then. It's these working with people, deploying empathy that I really think makes great designers. And will probably
1: set you apart from the rest. So, yeah. so would you? I mean, if you, if you were to say to a person who is interested in design, and um, they're like, "Oh, I'm going to go to this college, maybe, or mm-hmm. this boot camp, or whatever." Would you say that a a qualification for being a designer is that you have to be comfortable working with people? eh? obviously, but. Oh, sure. Um, What about the people that, you know, because we talked about how sometimes when you view design, the media feeds you, you know, you have the paintbrush, and Uh and you're like, yeah, I'm a designer. Yeah, they have a a beard, and
0: (laughs) and they're, like, on a drafting board. Yeah, uh,
1: but, um, yeah, I wonder if, like, there would, it'd be interesting to have, like, a class, like, your first classes, or, yeah, or first class would be, like... Do you, can you, like, just a collaboration class, sure.
0: you know, just develop. Maybe make the deadline super tight and it forces you to collaborate. I don't know. You spurred yeah. a
2: thought though, because I think one of, one of my favorite UX classes I ever took was in my business program. Mm-hmm. and It was a consumer behavior class. It was a psychology class. Oh. Yeah, nice. It was getting into how people think, how people make mental models, how they, how they connect, you know, thought mm-hmm. A to thought B. Like, that is a people course mm-hmm. that, you know, if we're going to add anything to a UX course, I'd love to see consumer behavior become more part of this. Totally.
0: Yeah, I feel like something that's also undervalued is digital anthropology. Like oh, yeah. actually, My get wife's an anthropologist. Yeah, I like, try to get her into like, the like, <laughs> Because, like, uh, I'll be in, like a, de- like, a debate. Sometimes I feel like I'm a professional debater some weeks. Yeah. And uh, we're just debating it. And I'm just like, well, what if we just take some time and, like, learn to understand this culture first? before we do it then someone would say like well i don't know how valuable that is and i'm like well like if you don't know how they think like they're like we just need to talk to users i'm like well if you don't understand how they think you're going to ask them the wrong questions that are based off your perspectives
1: and stuff so i mean we're running
0: out of time but yeah
1: well maybe maybe to end here i think this has been a pretty a really good conversation um Mm. if you could go back and do it again what would you do differently Man, Again, uh, getting super <laughs> t- like,
0: like uh, Donna Justice, like the flash, like only has a few seconds to tell Bruce, like what to do in the future. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's
2: funny, but like <laughs> and for you, this is not like, yeah, just like, just dumb. curious I don't I done anything different Yeah, because I'm awesome. happy where I've, where I've gotten to. and I'm yeah. happy to learn things that I've learned. There have been times that have sucked. You know, I've been at startups where doors closed. I've worked for CEOs that I felt so um, uh, undesired or unwanted or unappreciated. Um, I've gone through the whole little fish in a big pond thing. Like, there's been so many things I've gone and learned concepts and have struggled, uh, but learning as I've gotten through them has been something that I don't want to go back and say I wish I wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. because learning that I think has made me a better person, made me a better designer. Um, so I'm appreciative of those things.
0: If it didn't happen, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known like you wouldn't have had that wisdom. So,
1: yeah, and I think maybe we we'll only have, we have one more question for you, but, um, and I kind of want to on that. Is podcast, just, cause we're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good conversation. Is just maybe part of like design evangelism would be that part of, you know, telling people to not be hesitant to go into that job that they may not like. Cause, it could you always turn learn out good. Yeah, yeah, you might learn something. Yeah. Um, be teachable. So just to end here. Um, I guess this is kind of a two question. One like tidbit of advice for our listeners and 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 junior designers or students or just people that are trying to get into the field. What's like if you could? I know this is like we hate these questions, right? And what but, we talked about the whole. Yeah, hour, but, but do you have like maybe just one? piece of advice, and then, and then lastly, if you have anything to plug, like a personal project or a book or yeah, anything. Yeah, no, I mean, again,
2: it, it, to summarize some of these thoughts that we've said, yeah. uh, be teachable, be humble, uh, understand. If you find yourself in a situation where you're, you're, you're arguing or you're debating or that kind of stuff, take the opportunity to understand the other side because that's going to break barriers down faster than anything else. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a human work that we do. And we lose sight of it when we try and uh, to, when we overcomplicate things. But if you dumb it down to foundational pieces, this is human-centered design. All right. Thanks, nice. Dylan. Yeah. Well, thanks for having on. on a pivot podcast. podcast. Yeah.
1: Boom.
0: <laughs> Finished. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts.